0: Welcome to Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia. And you know my wacky sidekick, Master John, Lord Balor. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. How, every time we have an interview, you have, you mellow it down. I have to mellow it down mellow because it down. we have a special guest tonight. And she <laughs> really think I'm more or less doing this for you know mental health purposes. You don't want to scare her away. I don't. I really don't. You just don't want me to say it, do you? You don't want me to say it? No, I don't. You want to say it? Go ahead. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There you go. We have a problem. <laughs> so, so tonight we have a special guest. We have goddess Kaya. And goddess, we want you to tell us the ways. Tell us all about you. <laughs>
1: Well, um, as you said, I am Goddess Kaya, and to just give you a brief summary of who I am, listeners out there don't know, which is fair because Kayaism is relatively new and still spreading, but I have been a pro-dom for 15 years, a fetish model, and in the last four years, I've started doing more hardcore types of erotica and porn traveling the world and making really amazing high-end kinky content. I love what I do. I love all aspects of BDSM and have a huge variety of types of experience and expertise. But one of the things that I have become widely known for specializing in and really enjoy digging deeper and deeper into is goddess worship and not just that oh she's pretty I worship her kind of way but I have followers who genuinely worship me in a religious sense and have formed a religion around that feeling called kayaism I did not coin the term kayaism and I did not tell them to do this but they started worshiping and once there were enough of them worshiping and calling for sermons and to know more about Kayaism, I thought, well, if I'm a goddess, what, what would my religion be? And I started crafting that and honing that. And now there are thousands of Kayaists all around the world.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> Kaya's. So that's what I was going to ask you. What are your acolytes called? They're the Kayaists. Kayaists. Okay. They're
1: Kayaists. Kayaists worship Kaya, goddess Kaya. I am an incarnate goddess generating power through channeling the divine feminine, the divine sexuality. I think that this is not something that is necessarily unique to me either. I would say that anyone can become their own god or goddess. It just takes stepping into that role and taking it seriously and channeling that. I have a pagan background. Um, before I ever explored other religions when I was younger, I grew up with, uh, women in my family who practice old forms of earth magic and read tarot. I'm a second generation tarot reader of over 20 years. I've read tarot probably 10,000 times with a thousand different people. So. I have a a fair amount of experience when it comes to the esoteric and the occult already. And after having spent many years exploring, learning other types of religion, including Buddhism, um, various types of Christianity, Taoism, um, the I Ching, like learning a lot of different things around the world, um, I spent many years as as a science seeker, even just Focusing on atheism and not thinking about anything mystical and just learning sciences, quantum physics, astrodynamics. Um, I'm a a big studier. I study a lot. So then when Kayaism became a thing from my followers, I just started thinking about how other gods have come up in the past. Many gods are based on real life people who did something important in their day, and they were worshipped for that. They were in a position of power, or they did something, maybe even extreme kindness, like Kuan Yin is based on a real woman who lived, and she was very kind and compassionate, and now she's a goddess of compassion. So what kind of goddess would I want to be? I want to be a goddess of sexuality, actually. I want to be a sexual goddess who can... Inspire people to let go of their inhibitions and their preconceived notions, what society puts on them in sexuality and come to their true calling. And that may be very taboo for people because our more Christian nation and culture around the world even tends towards the conservative right now. And that can be very hard for people to to love themselves as a kinky person, especially submissive men. So kayaism teaches people to accept that in themselves as a divine role in their service to me.
0: Hmm. So you would talk about a lot of uh,
1: sex magic and tantric sex and spiritual sexuality mm-hmm. so being a sexual goddess do you find that it's a way to connect spiritually to other people definitely sex magic and practicing reverence within your sexuality can create a much more powerful connection with that person the fans that i have that do not ascribe to Kaiaism have a very different type of connection to me than those who truly ascribe to chiism and worship me. Even if someone doesn't have a lot of money and can't spend a lot of time talking to me because they can't afford my rate, if they're a Kaiaist, they will be consistent. They will send their little $5 tribute every Sunday. They will leave their comments praising everything I do. They will watch every video that I post that's public and absorb my every word with reverence. And that consistency is something that I see and recognize. And I know those fans that I have, those worshipers who are actually devotees of Kayaism who are out there every day putting that hard work in to serve and worship me and be a part of my empire. And, and that's more important to me then someone who is a random drive by loser who might dump a few hundred dollars on me in a night for camming or a random one off session with a client who wants me to punch his balls. Okay. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's money in the pocket. And I, I am a dominatrix and I enjoy that. But what is going to carry me forward and into doing this and being who I am for the rest of my life is, is kayaism. If I was just Dominating men for money, I don't think I could see this as a lifestyle, a forever career. But as it is, it is something that I will never stop doing.
0: That's really informative. <clears throat> I often find that, you know, a lot of submissive people naturally, you know, kind of, I want to say, circulate or or navigate towards, you know, that form of leadership. And I think that in itself, when I heard you talk about that before, it was more like, you know, it's very inspiring. I mean, I know it's not in traditional sense, what we would say, you know, Buddhist, Catholicism or, or Baptist around here, but, but, you know, it's inspiring. And I think you're absolutely okay. right. I, there's I'm, nothing wrong with it.
1: I'm really glad to hear that it's inspiring to you because one of the things I am beginning to do is focus on Kayaism and seeking out more understanding of it myself as the goddess of this religion, and how I can do good in the world with it. And not just for my own personal profit, but to actually change lives for the better, to actually make an impact on our culture, on our psyche as humans, on the world, ultimately. And for me, That comes down to that ripple effect of if I can change the hearts of minds of a few thousand, those few thousand will go out and treat the world differently and be better. And that will ripple out to more and more and more and more. I can see that as a
0: ripple effect.
1: (laughs) So and that's not just with men. That's also with women. I am. Partnering currently with another dominatrix here in Florida, Mistress Rowe with the Dom House, where you can see me for sessions. If you look at the domhouse.com and we are creating really inspiring, really powerful connection. And we are bringing our expertise together and growing our powers together and kayaism is inherently about inspiring other beings that could channel that same divinity within them and be a powerful domina however their gender identification is um i want that to inspire them i want kayaism to inspire them to be their own god to be their own goddess and that's really powerful for me um the more i I help inspire and and empower and work with other women and queers, especially because that's, I am a a gender queer person. I'm non-binary and I especially love working with gender queer femmes and women. So inspiring people like yourself, Mia, to, you know, just feel more powerful in your skin and just be like, I can do anything and to teach people who would work, worship you to not feel shame in that men especially feel so much shame and submission it's really hard there's a lot of culture around all men being alpha all men being a master not every man can be a master if every man was master who would follow anyone
0: very true
1: (laughs) (laughs) logical sense but in especially the u.s culture especially and and western europe The culture of everybody is independent. Well, if no one's dependent on anyone, there's no connection. There's no help. There's no building. There's no one's going to want to listen to a leader who will help them get their life on track or figure out a purpose or give them a reason for doing things in the morning. If they're meant to be independent and in control of themselves and don't listen to nobody. <laughs> okay. And we can't have that. <laughs> no, that's not I think our society is is at large suffering from like a narcissistic alpha complex in mass with every person is an island, every person is independent, every person is supposed to be an alpha and in control. Well, that's not gonna work. There are very few true A-type personalities in the world very few people small much smaller percentage than tv would have us believe are going to be actually the a-type personality that wants to be in control at all times most people are switches 99 percent of people are switches most people are not submissive all the time most people are not dominant all the time so somebody like myself who i've tried bottoming I've done hardcore porn. I've had gangbangs with like 12 guys in it. But my favorite stuff is pegging and tying people up. I've done hardcore bottoming. I've experienced being uh, pierced by needles for needle play. I've been in bondage. I've tried these things for myself so I know what they feel like. But ultimately, I don't have submissive feelings. I just don't have those. Those don't get generated in my body. I don't get that feeling. And that's okay. I've had to learn that that's okay for me because people think that a femme like myself should be a certain way, the same way they think that men should be a certain way. How you look does not correspond to how your body responds to stimuli and relationships. So that's a big goal for me, teaching people to let go of those preconceived notions and to just be themselves.
0: So kind of, how did you start off in all of this with your journey?
1: Well, when I returned to the US after traveling overseas in my teens and um, early years, um, I was like, it's 2008 and the market is crashing and getting a job is insane. What can I do looking really hot to make a bunch of money? And so I started looking on <laughs> Craigslist where you used to look for these things. Um, Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was 20 years old and I, I had um, a bar manager's license in New Zealand, but the drinking age there is 18. The drinking age here is 21. So I couldn't do what I was had been doing for three years, which was managing bars. And uh, yeah, Craigslist introduced me to some girls who hired me to spit in a cup a guy on night flirt was watching and listening. And then they sold that spit from all three of us to him right in front of me while he was all over the internet. And I was like, this blew my mind. What the hell is this? And they're like, it's called financial domination. I went home and I signed up for night flirt that day. That night I started taking calls. I didn't turn my night flirt lines off for two years. I walked, talked, slept, ate taking calls from clients. I wanted to figure this game out. And in a few months, I had started a Clips for Sale store. And for many years, I was Princess Kaya. Then I was Dom Kaya. And then Goddess.
0: Well, that's very fitting for you. (laughs) (laughs) So? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar to the stories that you tell. You used to do... Absolutely. A lot of similar things. Yeah. So what have been some of the struggles? You're becoming a goddess. You've created this religion with with your followers. There's got to be some
1: growing pains and some obstacles that you had to overcome. I mean, for me, the difficulty becomes in having the time to dedicate to taking Kayaism in the direction that I want and expanding it how I'd like to. I am not just a goddess, I am also a full time production producer. I release two videos every week on my clips for sale. I do almost entirely solo production. I have a remote assistant who does my uploads. But I do everything else myself, including the editing and everything. So um yeah I mean I I work a lot more than what would be considered full time hours on my empire at large my production fan clubs social media camming etc plus real time sessions people I know my personal life call me a workaholic but I don't consider most of what I do work I love it so much it is my art it is my passion and if I felt like I was working I wouldn't do it cuz I don't Do things that I don't want to do. It's why I don't have a traditional job. (laughs) Uh,
0: Who needs one of those?
1: (laughs) I'm just one of those people. If somebody tells me to do something that I don't want to do, I'm just not gonna do it.
0: That's interesting. So, So, what do you think has been one of your more interesting scenes with one of your submissives? I
1: have recently started filming a lot more with one of my particular submissives who um I just brain farted
0: (laughs) (laughs) we all do it (laughs) so you're videoing with one of your your primary Um, saps uh
1: so I I work with one of my submissives who is also my live-in slave girl Her name is Riverenza, and she wears a permanent collar for me. Many people know her online. And we've done a lot of really fun, powerful scenes together. But we actually just filmed something really fun yesterday. We got into latex with Mistress Rogue and her submissive, Arden. So we went out to the pool with Mistress Arden and Mistress Rogue, and my slave girl, Riverenza and we all were in latex, and Rogue and I spanked them and groped them and then put them in ropes. And it was a very sensual, wet, drippy, rainy day. So it was oh, like
0: nice. a lesbian
1: latex party in the rain and the pool at the same time in Florida. So it's like very tropical rain on latex bodies and just all hot girls. So it was very sensual, very fun, very kinky, very queer, very me.
0: <laughs> so are we going to be able to find this on Clips for
1: Sale? Or do you it go It will on- be. It's probably going to take a, a few weeks to get that one edited because we just shot it yesterday. But it will be okay. available on my Clips for Sale store, of course. And there will actually be a version of it available on my Pornhub, which uh, currently has, let's see here, 30... Three million views on it
0: wow that's fabulous well we're happy to post any links for you and um you. yeah you know right now we have 70, listeners um that's awesome and we're in 115 countries so i love that yeah we're ecstatic we really are it's really cool a podcast <laughs> is something that i have thought about doing but
1: again i think that my biggest struggle is just time <laughs> time is always the, you don't the, have the time for it. doing anything like that is its own whole production and uh
0: in time <laughs> <laughs> so you've been very productive in in your journey with with domination um where do you see yourself in say three years
1: well i want to be published in more magazines which is something that I just started doing this year i got published once in hustler I've been in kink queens and several other kink magazines that are online, but Hustler is internationally syndicated. And I got to go to Hollywood and go into the Hustler store and pick up my first article in a physical magazine, which was a really cool experience. And they're featuring me again um, with a feature about my FetishCon booth, where I did a booth at FetishCon. And they're going to be featuring that in their January issue, which is upcoming. So I'm very excited. In January, you can go take a hustler and see pictures of me in latex.
0: Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) I'm getting a whole
1: feature to show off my booth that I did at uh, FetishCon, which was really cool. That's awesome. And in addition to uh, publishing, I just want to be featured more places on the internet. I'm trying to really push on advertising because I want Kayaism to be heard around the world. One of the reasons why I'm here, when you Mm -hmm. reached out, I believe somebody from your production crew found one of my cards at FetishCon, which is how we connected. And so that kind of advertising and connections with other kink and queer folk, so I can speak about who I am and, and interest people to look me up that's exactly my big goal is to just become more widely known and seen around the world at this point. I have awesome production. It just needs to be seen by more people. That's very cool.
0: Well, we can't wait to see some of your your actual scenes and you know, see you at FetishCon maybe next year. That'd be great. Oh, I will definitely be at FetishCon next year with an even
1: bigger booth. This year, we did a, a Queen's Pavilion, a kind of mini temple that somebody could walk into and kneel on the, at my throne and have a small session but next year i'm partnering with rogue to bring a giant booth and have a whole dungeon on the convention floor that people can have mini sessions right there with local pro doms not even have to go up to a room we're gonna tie you up right here in the convention, thank you in front of everyone wow <laughs> and
0: that's what they need exactly. <laughs> That's great. So do you have any advice for you know, future people like yourself?
1: Definitely, doing sex work of any type is not for everyone. It can be difficult, whether it's the aspect of the culture and dealing with the negative aspects of how other people might view your work or just the emotional drain or the the difficulty of doing anything where you own your own business and have to tell yourself to work and set your own hours. There are a lot of difficulties that come with it. But when you are when you are running your own empire and you have developed your own empowered self and can use that to generate profit for yourself, it is the most rewarding thing in the world. So if that calls to you, find your voice within it. Don't try to be someone else, be yourself. And that is the best you can be because you will not find the right clients pretending to be someone you're not. My clients love me because I'm exactly who I am.
0: That's great advice. John? Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for telling us about Kayaism. I definitely have learned a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look forward to learning more about it. Until next time, I'll make all of your Kaya fantasies come realities. <laughs> <laughs>